0: In 1989, just a month before my fifth birthday, my parents took me to see a movie about a sea monster. The sea monster lives in an underwater world, hoarding treasures that she steals from ships that pass over her secret lair. She seduces a prince by pretending to be human with some help from a devious witch. In the end, the prince is so besotted with her that he nearly drowns trying to get her back from the sea. I loved this sea monster. My parents bought me sea monster sheets, a sea monster doll, and I danced around my room singing the sea monster's signature song. Out of the sea Okay, okay, so when Disney's Little Mermaid came out, nobody called Ariel a sea monster. But if you look at Ariel's ancestors, the mermaids of myth and legend, they are not petulant teen girls with fish friends. They're something else.
1: Certainly the traditions I'm studying, they're, they're quite, quite sinister, really. They are beautiful, they are attractive, and they are beguiling to men, but they're also... <laughs> quite dangerous to be around and you have the figure of the siren who um, by the middle ages and later on she's portrayed pretty consistently as a mermaid and she's she's gorgeous she's beautiful she's irresistible men are drawn to her and she drowns them and eats them
0: that's right she eats them
1: you have an early irish tradition as well all these mermaid figures who just oops i got an email
0: <laughs> can you um meet greg darwin <laughs> Greg has been tracking mermaids and their elusive cousins, the Selkies, across Northern Europe. I'm
1: currently beginning, this is terrifying, my sixth year of my PhD in Celtic languages and literatures.
0: Greg's definition of terrifying is trying to finish his dissertation. For a sailor in medieval Ireland, it might be a half-human, half-aquatic creature that lures you into the ocean and eats you. A shapeshifter that's neither human nor animal. A being that doesn't fit in our world or any other. I mean, why? why? You're listening to Veritalk. Veritalk. Veritalk, your window into the minds of PhDs at Harvard University. I was curious. curious.
1: I've always wondered why is Where did how we, did we get why
0: why why why. why? 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 For the next few very spooky episodes, we're gonna talk about monsters. The monsters that live on the edge of humanity.
1: You have accounts of them apparently um, mourning the dead.
0: The monsters that live inside us. It just moves around as fast as it can and then it will eventually die if it's not put into a human host. And the monsters that we have created. If you just like go
1: into Tokyo and you start smashing things, at some point you get hungry. That means that you have to hunt.
0: It's gonna get a little bit creepy. Greg Darwin studies supernatural beliefs across Northern Europe, and in his discipline, it's not just the story that's important, but who is doing the telling, and who they're telling it to. In the U.S., we frequently use the words folktale, myth, and legend interchangeably.
1: The English language can be kind of uh, sloppy with these definitions, but generally speaking, the or the sort of defining characteristic of a folktale or a tale or a wonder tale or is that it's it's fictional. It's considered to be fictional. So these are stories that are told as entertainment for the most part. They're over the top. They're not really meant to be taken seriously. They're not really set in any particular place or time or anything like that.
0: Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Cinderella, these all started out as folktales.
1: Myths also kind of are over the top and not necessarily more than a particular place or time, but they are considered more or less to be true in the kind of into questions of religion and uh, belief.
0: Stories that describe an origin of a people are usually myths, like Prometheus stealing fire from the Greek gods. But the mermaid and selkie stories that Greg studies are legends.
1: Legends are kind of like a middle ground between these. They're usually much more rooted in a particular place and context, even though the story type itself might be kind of, might be one which is found over and over again in different, in different places.
0: In other words, your town might have a mermaid legend, and my town might have a really similar legend, with a few minor variations, like which rock the mermaid was spotted on, or what happened to her children.
1: Uh, The telling of a legend is going to be set in a particular place and often a particular time, and they're, generally speaking, believed to be true, or at least believable as true, so... They often contain sort of devices that are meant to make them trustworthy, so appeal to an authority. I heard this from a friend or I heard this from a friend of a friend.
0: Or this happened to my great-aunt or my third cousin once removed or the neighbors who live up the hill.
1: They often do contain elements of the supernatural, but they're not as overt as you get in, say, Wonder Tales. Like The supernatural elements are much more things like uh, ghost sightings rather than transforming a pumpkin into a carriage,
0: that sort of thing. A typical Selkie story has all three of these elements. Selkies are a little bit different than mermaids. They're women who can turn into seals, or, depending on how you look at it, seals that can turn into women. The story usually starts with a man walking along the seashore. There was
1: one time that a man was going around the banks, and he saw what he thought was a woman. And this part kind of varies a bit, depending on where the story is actually told, but he sees either a single woman or... A group of women, and they're doing something at the shore. They might be sunning themselves on a rock. They might be dancing, but he sees the woman, and he sees some sort of cloak or garment or skin. And he crept up behind her and grabbed the skin. The woman turned around and said, "Oh, give me that skin because I have to go back to the sea." "Nana, sister man, you have to come back with me." So she took- follows him. Might beg for it back. He might pretend not to have seen it at all, and. He hides it, she follows him, and one thing leads to another, and they eventually get married and often have children, and then one day she finds it. In versions from Northern Ireland, it's usually the children who kind of discover the, the cloak accidentally and bring it to their mother, asking her what this is, and she realizes this and kind of immediately puts it on and runs back to the sea again. Then they saw two seals coming out from the shore, and the man looked out over the boat and said, this night, I'm a widower, for that's my wife it has gone there. In some of the Icelandic versions, she actually has this kind of little rhyme at the end where she says uh, something to the effect of, oh, woe is me, I have seven children on the land and seven children in the sea.
0: Selkies are a little less carnivorous than the mermaids we were talking about before, but they can still cause a lot of trouble. They can curse an entire village. They can cause their descendants to turn to stone or drown.
1: Any sort of maritime community, you know, several people are related to several people who have died drowning. You know, often quite young. So you have this kind of very, very complicated relationship. Where on the one hand, the sea is—it's you know, very, very easy to, to see why people would metaphor would understand it metaphorically as being a mother. It's it, it provides life, but also it uh, it takes it away just as easily and these figures who sort of in some way embody the sea or sort of represent the sea. They have that quality as well.
0: So I asked Greg, where does this idea of a half-woman, half-seal come from?
1: I it's hard to say obviously, because it's you're going you're going with ideas that are very, very old and um, often belong to classes that didn't didn't have access to written expression. So this is all kind of speculation. But if you look at seals and if you kind of see their behavior and spend time around them, you're, you're struck by a lot of similarities with, huma- with humanity. Uh, their voices are kind of oddly human in expression. They are social animals like, like ourselves and they kind of display some behaviors which can be easily anthropomorphized. You have accounts of them apparently um, mourning the dead or crying after a partner who seems to have gone missing and this also inspires a lot of more overtly supernatural tales. But Their skeletal structure is kind of in terms of the rib cage and the arms, looks uncannily like the, like that of a human, and they have very expressive eyes as well. So it's very, very easy to see why you would kind of mix them up with humans or kind of make an imaginative leap from from that to give them some sort of more human-like qualities beyond the ones you can observe.
0: She took off her silly hood, and the mind covered we are naked is took her Greg hears these stories on archival tapes created by folklorists to preserve these legends for posterity. If you lived in Scotland or Ireland a hundred years ago, you wouldn't know Selkie or Mermaid stories from books and recordings. You'd know these stories because your family would tell them. Maybe while you were taking a walk into the village or doing your daily chores. And as they were telling these stories, they'd connect them to the landscape around you and the people that you actually knew.
1: So in one of the areas I'm looking at in my dissertation, there's a uh, collection of uh, standing stones in County Mayo uh, near the town of Ballina. And this uh, circle of stones are supposed to be the children of the mermaid that were petrified and turned to stone after after she left her husband and children behind after getting her freedom. And yeah, everyone would be familiar with the circle of of stones when they tell the story. People by hearing about it, or by walking past it, or by using it as a landmark kind of continually cement this, uh,
0: this story in their minds. In some cases, specific families, like the O'Shea's or the O'Dowd's, would be blessed or cursed by a selkie or mermaid ancestor. Those standing stones in County Mayo are also called the O'Dowd Stones, because legend has it that the O'Dowd's are descended from a mermaid. What might surprise you if, like me, you're used to modern supernatural stories, is that there's no chosen one. There's no hero, no warrior, king.
1: A lot of the, a lot of legends tend to be, I guess you can categorize them as being sort of intrusions of the supernatural into the mundane, day-to-day life. It's not just sort of um, large than life warriors who encounter ghosts, for example, or who find, uh, who find mermaids at the shore, who find trolls in the woods. It's, it's, it's people.
0: As the world is modernized, we've developed new legends. Alligators in the sewers, vanishing hitchhikers, pet snakes that get a taste for human flesh. In many ways, these urban legends are the descendants of mermaids and selkies.
1: You go to the shore, you go out to sea, and you're kind of stepping outside of the bounds of, 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 your vill- of your familiar village. You go into the woods, uh, you might not come back for reasons both mundane and supernatural. I mean, you might simply get lost, you might get eaten by a bear, you might get lured away by the elves and stay in a mound for a thousand years.
0: These selkie legends, like our modern-day urban legends, are all about straying a little too far from home and paying the price.
1: There's this uh, proverb in Irish, uh, which literally means marry on the dunghill, i.e. marry a woman from the next village, marry someone who's like close enough that you share a refuse heap. And implication being like you someone who has a compatible family rather than someone from afar who might not. And the only thing you really know about her is that she has a pretty face.
0: Monster stories are reminders to distrust the unfamiliar, no matter how seductive it might be. And our fascination with things not quite human persists, no matter how modern we think we are. Say it. Vampire.
1: Vampires and werewolves are still immensely popular, and these are both creatures that sort of straddle the line between human and, and not human. I mean, vampires are, they should be dead, and yet they can pose as, as, as humans to a certain extent. Werewolves can be anybody. Regardless of our advances in technology and our advances in general quality of life that most of the world's enjoying, um, we're still basically humans, and we still have the same basic sets of needs and anxieties, and we're still worried about our place in the world and um, all that's hostile and chaotic outside of our world and how we can be safe from that, but also kind of where we negotiate our boundaries between ourselves and that which is not ourselves, our society and that which is not our society.
0: In the next episode of Veritalk, we're going to talk a bit more about things that scare us in the modern world. In fact, we're going to talk about a creature that can transform itself to get inside our bodies. So essentially, the parasite's able to disguise itself well enough or reprogram the cell well enough that the cell doesn't tell anybody else that it's infected. That's next time on Veritalk. Veritalk is produced by me, Anna Fisher-Pinkert. Our sound designer is Ian Koss. Our logo is by Emily Kroll. Our executive producer is Anne Hall. Special thanks this week to Graham Ball and Greg Darwin. Greg's research in Scotland and Ireland was supported by the Frederick Sheldon Traveling Fellowship. The archival stories that you heard today are from the School of Scottish Studies archives. Those stories were from Catherine Mary Anderson, as told to Alan J. Bruford, and Stanley Robinson, as told to Barbara McDermott. If you want to listen to the full stories, we'll have links on our website, gsas.harvard.edu. Don't forget to rate and review us right now, wherever you're listening to this podcast. It makes a huge difference. And thanks for listening. Tune in next week for more episodes of Veritalk.